Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, once our guest presents, uh, we welcome them first into our space, and it is with honor and it with gratitude that we accept them into our space because we know we are about to embark on a journey to help you and I to become better students of who we are, and we can then become better uh, human spirits while we occupy this little beautiful place called Earth. So, I want to welcome Jonathan because Jonathan has a lot to talk about and I'm excited about this interview because I want to pull everything out of him. Jonathan, welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. Oh, thank you, Ken. And thank you for this uh, beautiful work that you're doing and this amazing podcast that you're hosting. I'm excited to have a conversation with you. Oh, man, I can't wait. Jonathan, tell us about what you have created because I know this is just a sum of a... a, a current situation because I tell people creators are always creating. And so Mm -hmm. I want you to tell us what you have created so far uh, as you walk through your journey. You know, I have created the person that you see in front of you as, uh, as we all do endlessly slow, endlessly. So, and so for the first, um, you know, I was, I was blessed to grow up with pretty spiritual parents. Uh, I grew up in Hawaii and, uh, you know, that's a, a pretty magical place, yeah. a lot of light energy, but a lot of dark energy as well. Um, you know, um, growing up in that environment, a lot of my friends kind of took a darker path, uh, from, from quite a young age, you know, into mm-hmm. alcohol, into drugs, stuff like yeah. that. Um, I went very much in the other directions. So I went other directions from my friends and that I never touched any substances growing mm-hmm. up. Uh, and I went very much in the other direction of my parents in that I went entirely down the corporate route and entirely down the atheistic route. I didn't believe that there was anything spiritual um, to yeah. the basis of, of life and existence. And so after, you know, 15 years in the corporate world, I just found myself in a place where I was not getting any incremental joy for life. And so mm-hmm. at that point, it was a, you know, it was a turning point for me. And I had to take a time out from, uh, making money and chasing the next girl and the next, you know, the next thing on the ladder and the next this and the next that and try to understand where joy might come from. And so that began a very humbling experience. My first ayahuasca retreat five years ago now, uh, in Peru. And that was, uh, 
the most challenging, the most humbling experience, uh, very powerful psychedelic plant medicine. Uh, and that opened the door to spirituality for me and has, you know, fundamentally set me in a very di- different direction, uh, much more aligned to, you know, what you described at the top of the top of our chat, which is discovering the self and actually understanding what we are, who we are, how the inside world relates to the outside world, and the endless gifts and the endless benefits to health and well-being and understanding uh, that come from pursuing the understanding of the self. Awesome. I love your beginning, but we still have so much to get to. Um, I want you to talk to them about your retreat. This is a byproduct of your journey. Uh, so talk to them about the byproducts of your journey right now that you have available so that people can have access to some of the tools by which you gained where you are today. Talk to them about some of those services that you provide for anyone that, as you and I are going to talk, uh, want to get onto this journey. Go ahead. Yeah, happy to share. So the first thing I'd like to kind of the one of the ways I like to contextualize this is to to kind of point to what we see in the media these days and the narrative around plant medicine and psychedelics more broadly. Mm-hmm. It's very much oriented around what I would describe as the lower levels of consciousness, right? Yeah. So yeah. depression, anxiety, addiction, PTSD, all of these sorts of things that are, you know, real problems, real suffering that, that certainly we want to alleviate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a very narrow and very limited picture of what this work represents and of course what consciousness is you know we've set the bar for mental health after generations of trauma of war of um you know conflict of 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 different varieties you know within society and so we've just set it at fundamentally the wrong level and so yeah. you know the goal of working with plant medicine or the goals of improving ourselves isn't to get you know, back to a base level of consciousness where we can shuffle ourselves back into the office. The, the, the opportunity here is much bigger is and to really realize who and what we are and, and the magic of life itself and the universe and, and allowing the energy of those things to flow through us freely rather than trying to live our little separate egoic, um, version of, of life, uh, and, and really to let life live through us. So, um, you know, I like to contextualize it in that way. Then, you know, more specifically to what we're doing, um, you know, we place a much stronger emphasis than what most, you know, what is m- most things that are out there in relation to number one, doing mental and emotional work. You know, you can go and have a profound plant medicine retreat experience um, and land exactly where you were before. And that yeah. happens to a lot of people that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I found a lot of the the potholes and spinning my wheels in a lot of those potholes uh, for a number of years. And so, um, you know, helping people really get prepared for these very powerful experiences ahead of stepping into the retreat, ahead of stepping into the plant medicine ceremonies is super important. So helping people understand, number one, where do they want to be? Number two, where where are they now? And then number three, what are the mental and emotional blind spots? How can we surface those and get people to actually uh, consciously become much more aware of those things that were previously perhaps outside of their conscious awareness uh, as a precedent to the work to the work with plant medicine? Um, so that's one of the things that we do. The other aspect is the healers are yeah. massively underappreciated in the importance of the work that they do. Yeah. Now, what we're looking for in a healer is we're looking for someone who has elevated their consciousness. They are operating from a higher frequency, a higher vibration. And in physics, we know that when there's a higher vibration and a lower vibration, the lower vibration is harmonizing up 
yep. to the higher vibration. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, the relationship between quote unquote healers or shamans or whatever language it is that we might like to use and plant medicine is not as strong as we might hope it to be. Um, So there's not necessarily, you know, if you've gone and sat in a hundred plant medicine ceremonies or, you know, whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean that you've reached a high, the high state of consciousness. A lot of people are skipping the mental and emotional work. So we're having, you know, again, maybe these profound experiences down in Costa Rica or in Peru or in the Netherlands, Portugal. Um, But the question is whether we've been able to anchor those back to improvements to the quality of life here in the third density here in, you know, what we call reality, Uh, uh, as we're as we're shifting ourselves around in, in physical form. So, um, you know, the energetic and the healing aspects of this work is also super important. So, uh, again, I spent um, uh, quite a few years attending different plant medicine retreats with, you know, different traditions, different medicines, different types of healers. And through that process, um, you know, finally, the universe felt that I was ready to actually um, be guided by someone who really knew what they were doing in this mm-hmm. space. And I made more progress in the space of just a couple ceremonies than I did in my years of, you know, hardcore meditation and plant medicine retreats and reading all the right spiritual books. And so as soon as I, as soon as I got that message, I was like, Oh man, there's so much more here. And so the real motivation came from a place of like, look, I know more of my friends are going to want to do this and I want to create like a really special and sacred container for them to get the most out of this work so that they can kind of not bypass, you know, because, you know, we all find the right path in our own journey, but they can kind of maybe kind of uh, drive around some of those potholes that, uh, that I found myself. And, and so that just kind of naturally evolved and grew into, um, into the business that we have today. Awesome. There's so much that you, you mentioned in there. And, uh, I guarantee you the reason why the global society don't want to, uh, go more into that aspect about its, uh, development and the, uh, the ability to grow from the spiritual realm is because if they know that people are exposed to that, <laughs> they're going to start moving differently. So they're trying <laughs> to contain us, I believe. One of the containers that they use, Jonathan, is normal. Nor- they say to us, you're not normal. And I always ask, what does that mean? And no one has been able to explain that to me. But I believe it is a terminology by which uh, that they use to create a invisible fence, I call it, that you and I are not to go beyond that. And the container that one of the tools that they use to keep us within that container is fear. And once we have learned how to surrender uh, and go past that fear, a whole new world is open up to us. Uh, Jonathan, I want to talk, take you back. I heard you from the beginning talking about how you were blessed to have your parents from the spiritual aspect. They were spiritual beings taught you, uh, made the world or that aspect of living uh, available to you, but you veer away and you went towards the, what I call the soulish realm. Um, and you focused on that versus more in the spiritual realm but we are spirit just happen to have a soul jonathan and we live in this body so i don't care how rich you get i don't care how much money you have on this planet that spirit man is not satisfied by those type things and so you will never be happy if you are spiritually touched uh, most people that are not spiritually touched will pursue those things and are happy to pursue those things but because, Jonathan, you were spiritually touched 
by your relationship from your parents, man, you could never uh, pursue a life outside of that because you would be miserable forever. I want you to talk about some of those programs that they were teaching you, but you um, rebelled against those, but eventually you will come back. But talk to you about some of that relationship with your mom and your dad, some of those insights that they were depositing within you. Yeah, you know, and um, I have to say, I did try pretty hard to go uh, against against spirit, <laughs> and I, I really, I really gave it my best. And, uh, uh, <laughs> so it's been so it's been a pretty humbling return, you know. And um, but it's also been fun in the same vein. I've also been able. My mom lives with me. Uh, my mom lives with me now, yeah. and um, it's been fun because we're able to, you know, to engage into. That's a privilege, you know, though, Jonathan. That's that's a privilege to have that. Uh, uh, that person there with you that has been ahead of the road, as they say, within the spiritual um, uh, journey, that you can just have that. Because I had that with my mother. And when she passed, it was like losing um, this guidance uh, that was there. Uh, because as I learned something spiritually, I would run to my mother. Guess what? You know, and so I, I kind of know how you behave with your mom being there because I, I, I could sense it once you, you, you're in that uh, spiritual uh, sphere. Talk, tell me about some of those things, man. Yeah, well, you know, there's what came to mind as you were speaking also is uh, there's that famous Ram Das quote, which is, uh, you know, if you ever think you're enlightened, then spend a week with your parents. With your parents, and, yeah. <laughs> mom's laughing. Mom's laughing in the background. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, this is where the, this is the original triggers, right? So, yeah, um, it's uh, it's it's a beautiful process. And I think, you know, coming back to some of the programming and some of the societal problems, I think there for me, there's one word that kind of sums up the whole problem. And it's separation, right? Yes. Separation from our higher selves, yes. um, hyper individualization, where we've, you know, uh, the definition of success is to move away from family um, yeah. and to go pursue capitalistic, you know, interest, career oriented interest to make as much money as you can and climb the ladder. Um, and then also separation from from the planet. Right. And yeah. uh, in that process, we've just ripped apart the social fabric. Right. So mm -hmm. actually, there's a gentleman by the name of Patrick Deneen who has a podcast. He's, he's got a book, but also a podcast. Um, that he did with Ezra Klein. And mm -hmm. There was a piece from that that I just loved so much, which is he says, you know, we've got on the left, we've got this group of people who believe that the government should um, should tax people and then provide the services back out. And he goes on the right, we've got these group of people who believe that the market decides, you know, ultimately what is what is correct and what is right. And he says the illusion is that those are two form two different systems. Yeah. He says yeah. those are the same systems. In both cases, the social fabric is being ripped apart and people no longer have responsibility for their fellow men. Mm -hmm. Um and so it's, you know, that is part of I think um, the transition that we're all going through now is to recognize what's truly important, what the true sources of abundance are, um, and that we've outsourced, you know, we've outsourced important things to government that we never should have. Yes. Uh, and so those things are now being taken back to, you know, taken back to, to the power of the people. Uh, and so, you know, bottom up, new systems are, are forming themselves because those top down control are control oriented systems through no fault of their own, have just reached their limits. And yes. so something else is ready to break through that. And I think that's why COVID came. 100%. 100%. I absolutely believe it came because we were calling it. We wanted a global um, uh, change, but uh, it, 
we didn't know how to how to manage that and i believe this was a gift that was given to us and it is now reinventing everything from the individual look at what it it came and did the very thing that human beings need and crave touching each other we couldn't do that and so it forced us to then begin to look into ourselves uh we began to uh, we, those tools that were presented by society to keep you and I busy, that, uh, our cell phones, the TV, mm-hmm. these are simply tools that we can use to gain and change our life, but we tend to use it to numb our lives and yeah. to uh, prevent the growth of the human spirit. And this particular thing happened, Jonathan, to cause us to dig deep. And so I believe what happened was an individually, and then now I believe it went to corporations. Corporations are now beginning to re-examine themselves, and I think it moved up the scale. We're leaders now because of this situation with Ukraine and, and Russia. We're leaders, and the world now has an opportunity to re-evaluate what is important to the human experience while we're here. And I think it is a beautiful opportunity that we have I don't know what it's going to be like, but I I tell people, buckle up, because this is going to be an experience. We are going to be flying. Like, uh, so buckle up, because I don't know where it's going to take us. Jonathan, I want you to talk about some of this um, space, because in the, our programming, we are told that we ought to go into the sphere of the soul realm, because that's where we're going to be happy. That's where we're going to get the money. That's where we're going to find the woman. That's where we're going to have the house with the white picket fence. That's where we're going to have all the glory and the honor. And we get there and our lives are miserable and we can't hold our minds together. Talk to me, Jonathan, about some of those accolades that we chase that, um, you know, is absolutely a facade. It is not truth. I tell those people all the time, truth cannot come from that space. Truth comes from within. I'll give you an example, Jonathan. I tell people that when you meet someone and they are saying all the beautiful words to you and they're singing how great they are and your spirit inside you is looking at that person and that dance is looking at it going, this this guy is crazy. And you are looking at truth giving you your spirit man is giving you the truth of who presented to you but mm-hmm. you and i jonathan we talk ourselves out of the truth and then we create a relationship with that person and yeah. whether it's a year five months or whatever that relationship causes much pain because we negate to answer to listen to truth Truth doesn't come from outside, it comes from inside. Talk about some of those training and pursuit that you went through and you attained as a professional. Yeah, so, you know, I think that's that's one thing that gives me great hope, actually, is that, you know, leaders, business people, successful people, they're driven through pursuit of truth. 
yep. to a great extent, right? I think mm-hmm. you were speaking before. Unfortunately, some of the people who are the most driven, the most powerful are there for the wrong reasons, right? Yeah. They're the most disconnected from themselves. They're traumatized. They require external validation to be yeah. made to feel good. And they've been pursuing that harder and faster than the rest of us for a long time. And so the leaders of the world are the most traumatized people, right? That's and I was, what we're looking at was, right now with one of them, isn't it? <laughs> and, I was, and I was one of those, you know, that was like, didn't, and I didn't even see it. I didn't yeah. know the trauma that I had. So once, you know, once these medicines were able to reconnect my brain and I was able to access memories that were so deeply compartmentalized and I was able to release out um, some of these energies, it was like, oh, wow, I feel 40 pounds lighter. And there's just this, yeah, there's this sense of aliveness that I just never felt before. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, the anger, the frustration that, that used to um, impact me a lot more was just reduced, significantly reduced. So, you know, for me, um, you know, I think one of the big truths that is increasingly self-evident and is coming much more to the fore is that we are all here to give. Yeah, um, yeah. And we are all here to give and we all have unique gifts to give as mm-hmm. by virtue of who we are and our story and connecting with with our soul power, as you mentioned before. Um, and that infinite, boundless potential and energy and gifts that we all have is currently being constrained by the fact that we think of money is God and mm-hmm. all of our behaviors and all of our activities reflect that kind of fundamental understanding that that money is what we need that there's that fear there's that scarcity yes. mindset and so we're being drawn away from the things that we are and we're worried about what we can get uh, because because we just aren't connected to our higher selves and we we're worried that we're not enough or there's not going to be enough and yes. so we've been pulled and pulled and pulled and so you know fundamentally the as, as wealth inequality continues to stretch and, and we're seeing it just get worse and worse now, it's limiting our ability to exchange value. It's limiting our ability to exchange energy. And so, again, we're seeing transcendence, right? We're seeing the introduction of cryptocurrencies. We, the people, decide how we want to exchange value. That's not going to be controlled and limited by some third party. It doesn't matter who it is. Um, any any moment that the exchange of value is no longer being architected in the way that the universe wants it to be, flowing freely and constantly fa- finding new paths with less resistance, um, then, then the universe is going to immediately begin to um, swing the pendulum in the other direction and and bring through the things that is going to allow that flow of energy to just persist because that's what the universe is. That's what this whole thing is. It's just allowing universe, allowing consciousness to experience itself in infinite myriad forms and bump off one another and ultimately find a way back home to what is. Uh, And that's an endless process that we're just blessed to be a part of and, uh, and to enjoy the human experience and the stage of life. Isn't it a wonderful place to be? Now, I want you to talk to what was, uh, because I know it's a series of things that happens in our lives, and then there is the thing. I wanted you to think about what were some of those series of things, you mentioned it uh, uh, in passing, that brought you to a place where you said, okay, I need to look at something else. What I have attained and all of the things that I've accomplished in my life is great, but I am still missing something. I'm still missing this thing. So what was those that incident that happened, and how was that first, once the journey to get to the place where you now in, you talk about getting to Costa Rica to, to, to engage in that, what was that process 
in your mind and how did it unfold? Yeah, the way that you've asked that question, I've I've actually seen something differently than I have before. And what what I see now is that in my corporate career, as I was climbing up the ladder and managing larger teams and more clients and more complexity, mm-hmm. the amount of patterned behavior that I needed to install in my, in my system in order to deal with that growing complexity and to deal with, you know, it was just, it was pattern recognition and inauthentic treatment of people, of clients, of Mm -hmm. everything in my life, because it was just, there was so much happening and I didn't, and I, and the only way that I, I felt like I could manage it Mm -hmm. was to continue to find those patterns and to treat everything in, in those patterns. So I think I reached a point where I was just, I was exhausted. I was not inspired by the people above me uh, Mm -hmm. in the organization Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, And I just didn't feel like, I was making the world a better place and I didn't feel like I was making myself a better person. Um, so, you know, I was pretty exhausted. It was, I was five years in Hong Kong. It's a very work hard, play hard sort sort of a culture there, uh, particularly amongst the, um, you know, the, the foreigners that lived there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I was, I was pretty tired. And so I really wanted to create, um, a void, a space, uh, for a year for myself to understand, you know, what things could bring me more happiness, um, fundamentally, you know, and I think, you know, as you, as you mentioned earlier, the only thing that can bring us more happiness is to discover the self. And as we step into that process with humility and vulnerability and begin to see the things that perhaps we might have been avoiding in ourselves, looking, you know, looking in those darker corners, which is where the gold is, um, then, uh, the moment that we get that first breakthrough and it opens up another dimension, uh, another access of, um, of personal development, it's like, oh, yeah. now I get it. Now mm-hmm. I see what I've been missing. And so that's just opened up that whole new world for me. I, I was listening I, to I, one of your, your podcasts and you said you had this wonderful experience and then you came back and you still be, you maintain your prickness as you, um, and so I, I want to, uh, I told you from the onset that you're going to make me talk about something that I've never spoken about ever in my life. And um, I'm about to uh, open up that space. I, I was a pastor. I had a church. I had people and all of these things that were looking to me for guidance. And I went through a divorce. And uh, once I, that was a uh, really interesting time for me because I felt I failed. And so I turned my back on my belief and I went I told God, or I remember, I said, I'm going to be the baddest sinner you ever saw on this planet. I'm going to, I'm going to be a challenge for you. And so one of the things that uh, my ex-wife had said to me, Jonathan, was my ex-wife was a, was a model. And she said to me, she said, you are going to grow old and be by yourself and lonely. And that the kids will never be around you. And as a... Um, a young man, my kids was everything to me. And when she said that to me, Jonathan, it lodged into my being. Mm. And so I started partying and experimenting with drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I smoked uh, weed the first time in my life was 35, was my 35th <laughs> birthday. And I was an athlete, and so I stayed away from all that stuff. And I remember when um, I got proficient at it. Um, after I, I, I learned how to, you know, cause of all, all the coughing and all the other things that we go through. I remember Jonathan and I know this because I was exposed to the spiritual realm. 
I knew uh, one of my fears that I had to deal with because this thing kept ringing in my, my thought all day long about being alone, being alone, being alone. And I remember taking one day going in my house, laying down, put on my, my favorite music because I knew what I was about to do. Close, uh, turn off the light. I smoked up real good, got high as I could probably get. And I laid there with the sole single purpose of dealing, walking through this uh, dark part of my belief that I will become lonely and never be um, with my kids and all of that stuff. I purposely did this. And so I laid there and um, I allowed the change. And as that process was happening, I kept asking the question, what would happen if that happened? If uh, And I started walking through those things. And at the end of that expression, uh, that whole thing, I got up going, I'm okay. From that day, Jonathan, when I got up from there, I had never, ever, ever, ever had to deal with that fear at all that I would be um, uh, apart from my children. In fact, my kids are closer to me than they are to her. She is more estranged from them, so it turned back on her what she sent to me. Mm-hmm. And so, as uh, the reason why I brought that up because I, it, uh, you are you did something similar. And I want you to talk about the, that experience and uh, how did it affect you the first time and what you felt looking back that you did not do, but you realized you needed to do. Yeah, sure. So for me, um, you know, coming up to that first retreat, I just I wasn't prepared. I didn't know the depth of the experience that I was mm-hmm. getting myself into. Um, and so really, you know, blew the door off the hinges in terms <laughs> of, um, you know, entering into the the spiritual realm. And, you know, honestly, I was shown a lot of well, I had a, a very challenging experience, but also had a very powerful experience and was given some really beautiful, powerful, amazing insights. You know, I was shown the um, emotions on my mother's and father's faces, all the most powerful emotions, pride, joy, yeah. shame, anguish. And then I was shown not as the first person, but as the third person. But go ahead, talk about because some of those experiences I had as I began to experiment even more because I went and I started with uh, um, uh, smoking weed and then I went into acid. Uh, but I did that coming from, uh, I was exposed. I was a pastor, you know, pastors don't do those type things, uh, uh, Jonathan. And so, but I knew I wanted a deeper, uh, spiritual experience than what I had. And I knew that these type, yeah. uh, tools would get me there faster. Um, once I under, and I understood the spiritual things and, and you had alluded to, you were unprepared. I believe being a pastor helped me to be prepared for, for that. So I was able to manage it a lot better than someone that was not exposed to it. Talk to me about, uh, continue that conversation about, uh, having those experiences, looking from the third person, looking at all the different things, because those yeah. are powerful spiritual experience that mold us into who we are today. Yeah. So, you know, just seeing, seeing those, those emotions and seeing how I cause those emotions one by one in such a clear and successive way is like, okay, I want to be more of this person and less of that person. Very, very clear. Uh, and then the second piece was just this, this thing of like, you are the only thing that's limiting yourself. And it was simultaneously the most empowering 
and the most humbling experience of, of, yeah. of my life because it was like, I remember asking again, going like, well, no, there's all these other constraints and all these other things and people and, you know, this is what's limiting me. And the, the message just came back like 10 times as strong. Like, no, no, it's you and it's yeah. only you. And it was like, wow, yeah. that that is incredible. <laughs> and so just to, you know, just to have that download. But then, you know, as, as you mentioned, um, as I've sh- and as I've shared before, it was too much too soon. I didn't have the right yeah. guidance. I didn't, I just, I was, I came out of that with my whole world turned so completely upside down that I just didn't have what I needed around me to be able to begin to make sense of this new version of reality that I now found myself in. And so very quickly, I I reverted back to basically all of the old patterns that I had. And so, again, that was a large part of the motivation around this is like, let's make sure that when people have these types of experiences that they're, you know, that they're able to um, have a bit of a runway so that they can come in for a softer landing than uh, just being yeah. booted out the front door of a retreat center and, you know, given the, the thumbs up. <laughs> for, for all of you who are listening to us, uh, to Jonathan and I, uh, this is one of the reasons why I wanted him to come on Threads of Enlightenment because I wanted him to, uh, for the hearers to hear his story, but also I wanted you guys to know that this is a place that provides you that safe space because of the traumatic uh, experience that one can have if you are not ready. Um, and uh, I wanted him to come on because I know the importance of utilizing uh, plant medicine in your personal growth. And I wanted him to be able to articulate that his, uh, uh, his organization is that safe space for you guys to get into uh, every single one of you that are listening to me uh, that want to uh, experience this or want to move faster. I believe it. it, it your growth becomes uh, um, supercharged mm-hmm. when you introduce these other tools uh, to you. But if you do not have the safe space, as Jonathan was talking about, it can mess you up and turn you upside down. So that's why I was excited to have Jonathan because I know that people want to try a lot of these things, but I wanted you guys to know that you have to do it in a safe space. And his organization is that organization. So Jonathan, let's talk about, um, here you are talking about the second time. Uh, that you went back. Uh, how many times did you go back before you you landed on your feet, as they say? <laughs> so the years that followed, the the three and a half years that followed, um, really um, was a lot of pursuit, a lot of retreats, a lot of meditation, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the spiritual books, and a lot of profound experiences. Uh, if I'm to be perfectly honest, but I was stuck. And so yeah. when I met some healers, uh, the way that they work is through levels of consciousness. I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, yeah. Dr. David Hawkins' work. I think it's a, yes. the helpful mm-hmm. framework. You know, human, yeah. so inherent to the human condition. We love to establish a scale and place ourselves in a scale. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I love about that scale is the moment that you reach, you know, through the descriptions of the various levels of consciousness, the moment that you reach the one that is your your own, you know immediately because you know. that is exactly mm-hmm. how you experience life. And so, yeah. despite these years of retreats and investment in myself and really, you know, going for it, I was still stuck in pride. I was still stuck in ego. And so that's the point yeah. that's still, you know, in falsehood. That you're still yeah. you're still a 
operating below that um, that point of consciousness, that inflection point that would allow you know a much easier continuation of the expansion process. Um, and so, um, yeah, like I shared, like within the space of just a couple ceremonies, uh, I had made exponentially more progress. Um, yeah. But in that, you know, in working with them, there was. I was much more prepared because I'd had more spiritual experiences because I was yeah. meditating so much. And so they were able to guide me, um, you know, with those kind of three, three and a half years of, um, of foundation, if we may describe yes. it such, I mm-hmm. was yeah. move and, and integrate and make sense of, of quite a bit more, um, in a, in a shorter space of time. But then again, uh, so they, they've mm-hmm. been break me through to, you know, a, a higher level that's, um, that's kind of often described as love, which is when your heart opens up for the first time. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and so we move out of the mind and into the heart, right? The mind thinks the heart knows, uh, the mind yes. divides, the heart unifies. Uh, so it's yeah. an important, it's an important transition. But again, you know, I, um, I was at a, a particular stage with the business where I was feeling a little bit, uh, shall I say, overly exposed from a financial perspective. Yeah. And so there mm-hmm. was some stress and a lot of fears, you know, entrepreneurship is absolutely a spiritual path. So there was a yeah. lot of fears that were coming to the surface for me, um, even though they had broken me through to this nev- next level, it was a lot mm-hmm. of these patterns that dragged me back down. And so I actually came back down um, for for a period of a few months before I was able to uh, bring myself back up without the uh, without the help of medicine, importantly, uh, because, of course, you know, these medicines, they're not good. They're not bad. Yeah. In the right context with the right intentionality, they shine a lot, uh, a light down the path, but then it's our mm-hmm. human work to begin to take the steps to be able to come back into these states of consciousness yeah. without the support of medicine. And I think that's so important. Yes, I, I absolutely agree because I initially I use it to get to where I need to be. Today, I don't need it. Uh, I have learned through, uh, as you mentioned, meditation was one of the things that I, I gravitate to. And I tell them that meditation becomes key. I, di- I do it. I practice it every day. I, uh, this morning, uh, uh, when I, this is my day, Jonathan, when I get up and I open my eyes and I rub my eyes, I sit down right there and I start my meditation and I call on my inner being because this is, I want to control my day. This is my practice. I sit in my bed and I meditate and I pull my energy. I have all of my protection is in place. And then from that space, I move, I take my shower, I drink my coffee, I do all the other things. And so um, you talk about, and I tell people, this is a place that is a tremendous uh, battleground. It is that switching from the uh, soul realm, which is your mentality and all that stuff, and you had mentioned about the transfer, giving ownership to the heart. So you have this beautiful con- uh, um, dance that is happening within yourself where you are taught that, hey, you know, plant, I got my mind, I got this. And then the heart is going, no, just, just, I got your back. Just give, give, give me the rain. And you are standing there going, no. And these battles take several years. Yeah. Uh, I use meditation to help me to transition from one space, from that space of madness, I call it from uh, the space of, of uh, 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 doubt and unbelief into the realm of trust. And that bridge, that little bridge is the breath, Jonathan. When you take that breath and go, boom, and you make that transition from the control of the mind to the heart, um, the surrender, I want you to talk about that surrendering piece because a lot of people get stuck right there 
I, I use an, an uh, analogy of Jesus when I, uh, I talk about this surrendering peace. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in this garden and he was fighting, surrendering. He, he was fighting. He, he's fought, he was fighting so much, Jonathan, that I read that this man was sweating blood because he didn't want to give up. <laughs> he didn't want to do it at all <clears throat> because, but then he, it, I read a, a little piece that says, he said, okay, not my will. But thine, I surrender to the the changes that are about to happen in my life, and you and I have to come to that same place where we battle for all these years between the two realms. Talk to me, Jonathan. Tell me your day of freedom, the day of surrendering. What mm-hmm. happened? Was uh, so I would say that I would say there's been many. Um, yeah, there hasn't been one. And like you say, it's a tug of war. It's it, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a little incremental surrendering, and then it blossoms one day where you realize, I like this spot where I'm at, and it's more comfortable here than when I switch back over. Yeah. And that's uh, Absolutely. It's those periods of expansion and then contraction. You know, some, something yeah. will come along the next universe is bringing that next, uh, the next level lesson to you. And uh, whether you're able to stay in attunement and recognize mm-hmm. it for what it is, and, and then, you know, gracefully embody that and and yeah. transcends that lesson or whether we contract away in that moment yeah. and uh and, and lose it and so that that process of um attuning ourselves and being aware uh, mm-hmm. it is is endless really i think um for me you know if i think about um a few of the a few of the real moments you know that um the the second mo- ceremony that i did working with private healers was a big one um for yeah. you know, i was shown uh, utopia on earth, basically, where there was no more hierarchy. We were all operating as equals and mm-hmm. living in complete abundance. And, uh, that was a version of reality that I yeah. think is imminent for us. Um, but we still need to work towards, right? It doesn't mean we can yeah. just, you know, put down tools and, uh, and allow things to, to unfold. So there's, there's a certain, there's a certain, confidence that i suppose that i'm able to anchor back to in those moments where other things are trying to distract me from the goodness that is you know Mm -hmm. as more layers of fears can can come up and so that experience in particular really just anchored me so deeply to recognizing this incredible miracle of life that we're all a part of a part of yeah. uh, and uh and just acknowledging that miracle uh each and every day yeah talk to me about some of this because um i, I want you to to circle back a little here mm-hmm. because a lot of people um and i mentioned to you that this is one of the tools that is used to keep you and i uh in a mind of slavery Mm-hmm. I think the battle is uh, where you decide to, uh, I don't want to be a slave anymore. I want to be a servant. And it is a powerful transition. Um, but talk to me about some of this slave mentality in the sense where you had these fears that were coming up. And uh, you said the exposure and the fo- um, uh, when they come up, how did you overcome them? I tell, them, I tell people personal growth is not for lazy people. You cannot be lazy and uh, start your journey of personal growth. It is demanding. It is uh, a, a an experience that is painful and beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about some of those dances that you had to overcome with your programming as the fear. 
how did you do it, Jonathan, so that the people that are listening can utilize some of those tools to move them through that area of their life? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the first, the first, um, the first thing that I would like to share is, is just the tool of letting go from Dr. Dr. David Hawkins book. Yeah. That's one that has served me very well because, you know, in those moments of fear, often we like to, you know, try to use the mind. We'd like to try to like find some rationality for why the fear isn't real and, or, you know, just or perhaps distract ourselves, right? Whether there's a million and one ways to dull to dull the pain uh mm-hmm. in modern yeah. life, right we're all we're all suffering from diseases of yep. abundance these days so <laughs> um so so you know in that moment to to allow um yeah. you know a lot of busy a lot of driven people are particularly emotionally disconnected so just to allow your emotions to stop pause feel into that fear understand yeah. where it is where it's um where it's materializing in the physical body in the energetic body and then you know as you mentioned before using the breath so big breath in bringing yeah. all of that energy all of that air down and into the place where there's fear um mm-hmm. and then allowing that to release out you know some people find it helpful to picture a window uh and yeah. allow that just the energy that is associated with that emotion energy emotion emotion yeah. allow mm-hmm. that energy in motion to find its way out of your being um, yeah. And so that's a tool that, um, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah, you know, you do that during the plant medicine retreat and da, da, da. It's like, no, I do that every single day. Every like, day. <laughs> on the moped and go to the road to go yeah. to breakfast. It's only a two minute drive, but I'll be doing it on the way there. And so just constantly releasing the many layers of stagnant energy that we have in our being um, mm-hmm. is, is fundamentally, uh, I think, in of itself it can can elevate consciousness uh, to to very high points. And so, you know. We, we all have many layers of that shame, the guilt, the fear, the grief, yeah. the apathy, anger, yeah. envy. Uh, all of that is stuck in, in the body. And so once we're able to release it, then, oh, then we feel pretty good. And then the mind yes. begins to align to the physical sensations in the body because the fear has been let go of. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you because um, all of those emotional things are energy. I, uh, one of the things I had to deal with to overcome was I had to have a conversation with uh, guilt. I remember when I, I made a, a wonderful meal and I invited guilt to come and sit down and let's have a conversation. And once uh, that conversation was over, I thank him for his service and um, I didn't need his service anymore for my life because I tell people whether things are good or bad, it helps form who you are. And at the time, um, I did not need his service anymore as far as where my personal growth was concerned. So I thank him for it. And, uh, we've never met again. So I, I don't know where, where he's at. I don't know what he's doing. And <laughs> that's not my problem. And, um, but I know I've, I've started on a new journey. And I know if I see him, I probably most likely will not recognize him because I've changed so much. So I don't know, um, uh, anything about him anymore. And I tell people sometimes you have to have these conversations with yourself because as you begin to talk, Jonathan, about who you are, it is a beautiful thing to fall in love with yourself. I think people misunderstand what that is all about. It is the most pleasurable experience you'll ever have in your life. It's dark. But it is beautiful. And when you come out from that space, Jonathan, you can love me because you love you. If you love you, Jonathan, you can love me. It's easy to love me if you have learned how to love yourself. Why? Because you are your biggest monster. So if you can love you, I'm a small monster. 
<laughs> you know? Uh, so if you can overcome your monster and love him regardless and uh, the good and the bad, but you are on your journey to continue to uh, to be uh, ever more pulled towards the light and, and, and evolution of self, that uh, uh, that exchange of loving me is simple, easy, and we can, you talk about that utopia, that's what that is, a, a place where people are just totally in love with each other and respecting each other as you respect the self. There's nothing more beautiful on it when you even meet people that are here on this earth that are able to have that conversation, that relationship. It, it, there's a peace amongst it that is... Uh, I tell people that life uh, tastes, it has a flavor uh, that is um, like a good, some tom, you know, it has a good flavor, it has some spiciness to it, so <laughs> as, as we talk. And so, um, Jonathan, it's been a pleasure, man. I, 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 I brought you here because I wanted you to speak to this, because I know my, my ex-wife went to, to Costa Rica, and she went in there, and she was not paired. And I remember, um, I was, I stayed home while she was there because she wanted to go on this journey and I told her, go for it. And, uh, I woke up out of my sleep in, in, in sweating. And so I began to meditate and I began to project myself to go to her to, to calm her down and to bring her back to a space where she was able to function. And mm-hmm. she told me, she, she, she knew, she felt me there because I, I felt that she was going south and she was losing it. And so when I jumped up, I knew exactly what it was. I went into my state and I went to visit her and I brought her in. And that is why I wanted you to come because I want people to understand these are great tools, but you have to have, uh, the, the people that are surrounding you that have been there understand the process and is able to hold you in that space so that you can have these experiences that will change you profoundly. And you can do like Jonathan, you created an organization out of your journey. And that's the beautiful thing about this thing, Jonathan, is that out of our journey, we create things books, schools, uh, programs. That's beautiful stuff we now begin to serve. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, man, that what you're doing is so needed, especially at this time. Thank you, Ken. So beautifully said. And uh, wow, I've really really enjoyed our conversation here. It's uh, It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, sir. Aloha. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trial to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google 
Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.